everyone welcome to the one dharma center sunday service through this uh, online service i sincerely hope uh, your health uh, as well as your freedom of mind will be increased and this uh, society would become far better world some years ago one very rich, middle-aged man uh, killed himself since uh, he lost a lot of money in stock market because of the wrong investment. Before he committed suicide, he killed his wife as well as his two little daughters. Later, the policeman discovered in his wife's checking account she had half a million dollars and his apartment he owned was more than one million dollars and so on. So many people thought he was a still pretty rich person. He could move, for example, to the suburban area of Seoul. And uh, as a farmer, he could uh, live a very happy life. But he made that uh, wrong choice because he thought he could not live as a Fancy as before, he could not give the best education for our two little daughters. Probably, uh, you may think this is a very extreme case, but uh, if uh, we are healthy and our spouse does not cheat us and our children are Happy. We do not have to worry about what to wear, what to eat. Most of the people in developed countries live in this level. And they are very worried about many things. Lead a very stressful life. People living in underdeveloped countries may think, we are exactly like the person who are still very rich but uh, made the wrong choice. The main and the first uh, Buddha's teaching is uh, four noble truths. Four noble truths is the translation of the original Sanskrit, Katura Arya Satya. Arya means preeminent, excellent. Uh, satya means reality or fact. So, four noble truths. It's not bad translation. The literal meaning of Katura Arya Satya means four realities that stands out. I like this literal translation. 
So the first noble truth is uh, life is a dukkha. Life is a dissatisfaction or suffering. Huh? Unsatisfactoriness is uh, the nature of our life. And uh, one of the elements can be we cannot attain what we want, what we want. In order days, uh, if a people does not have to worry about uh, what to wear, what to eat, uh, many people in all the days before the industrial revolution thought it's a utopia, but uh, you can see <laughs> all the situation of the developed countries which consume tremendous about uh, antidepressant and so on. We we live far from. Paradise. Uh, let me read uh, the paradox of our time. One scholar uh, wrote uh, this one. The paradox of our, our time is that we have a bigger houses and smaller families, more conveniences and possessions, but less time. We have more degrees, but less sense, more experts, but more problems. We have a taller buildings, but shorter tempers. We buy more, but enjoy it less. We have learned how to make a living, but not a life. We have split the atom, but not our prejudice, and so on. <laughs> So how could we expect everything go our way? And we needed to learn to enjoy our life in this current situation, despite whatever external conditions we have. Our founding master said, if you'd like to want everything go to your way, it's like the person who tried to live in splendor for thousands of years, building a house on a sand. In other words, if uh, we try to enjoy our life only after we accomplish some goal, whether it is a career or human relationship, etc., it's uh, just like the person who tried to enjoy the hiking only when he or she reached to the top of the mountain. We needed to learn to enjoy each and every step of the hiking. That's our life. Even when you enjoy the wonderful view at the top of the mountain, you have to go down after some time. Our founding master said, the study of any science has a limit to its use. But if you learn how to make the mind function, this study can be utilized without a moment's interruption. Therefore, mind practice becomes the basis for all other studies. So when they say Buddhist practice or spiritual practice, specifically it means mind practice. 
But when we say mind practice, what does that specifically mean? Mind practice, working with our mind. What does that mean to you? Generally speaking, mind practice means making our mind calm and focused, peaceful. And making our mind wise. And making our mind righteous. Using our mind in a righteous, courageous way. It, is, it has three areas when we say mind training or mind practice. Several years ago, uh, one Buddhist minister serving in some one Buddhist temple in the United States was uh, uh, badly beaten by a dog in the park. She was immediately uh, got to the emergency unit and uh, it was very dangerous situation but it was very close. But she told us later that she was very much surprised. In the ER, there are so many patients who are bitten by dogs. In the ER, there were no single patients who were bitten by lion or hyena. Why? Dogs are around us. Hyena, lion is far more dangerous, but they are not around ourselves. Untrained dogs are that dangerous because they are in our house. Think about that. How much dangerous or harmful It would be when our mind is untrained. Untrained mind is the most harmful and dangerous thing. All kind of bad habits, anger, jealousy, comparing mind, and so on. So Buddha said, all the merits and the blessings in our lives comes from the trained mind. That is a so-called Buddhist practice or mind practice. When you are put in the deep hypnosis, uh, uh, people can calculate in their mind, for example, 356 being multiplied by 299. Matt, what's the answer? If you are put in a deep hypnosis, you can immediately tell the answer. There are a lot of experiments for that. When we are put in a deep hypnosis, we can recall what happened when we have an operation many years ago. Even though they performed operation on our body, we are 
under four, and that's the Sijia. There are a lot of this kind of uh, stories. Uh, these are studies, things imply we have that kind of uh, potential, perfect wisdom, whatever kind of uh, potential. So spiritual practice or mind practice uh, is not just a stress reduction. It is to reveal our original mind or Buddha nature, which is full of potential wisdom, compassion, etc. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man finds it, he hid it again. And then in his joy he went and the soul sold all he had and bought that field. Because he knew there is a hidden treasure under the field. He sold all his possessions to purchase that. That is, a, let's say, mind practice. But it depends on how you take care of that, how you cultivate that. Uh, several weeks ago, I walked to the Ilwan Trail along the creek. Uh, probably, I remember, uh, don't know, there was a very old garden. We cultivate some vegetable, probably 10 years ago. But it almost disappeared since uh, nobody took care of that garden for years. But our garden that Douglas take care of that, it's wonderful. Most of the vegetables one Dharma Center staff, it comes from that garden. It depends on your life, your destiny. It depends on how you cultivate your mind garden. Mind, shimji, in Korean, shimji literally means the field of our mind, the mind field. So uh, when you harvest some crops, the first job is you have to take away lots of rocks and level the field. That's a spiritual cultivation meditation part calming down our mind, clean our mind, purifying our mind. By sitting meditation, chanting meditation, or if you don't feel like those of things, bowing meditation, prostration is a wonderful approach. Or you can practice walking meditation. And then we need to plant the seed the seed of wisdom. Unless you plant the seed, how can you harvest good crops? Seed of wisdom. We do not have to be perfectly realized person in order to attain some wisdom in some area. Why don't you borrow some wisdom from the realized teachers, from the scripture? Why 
reading scripture, or just like uh, you are listening to the Dharma talks, or being involved in Dharma conversation. It is all the process, uh, the work of a planting seed. And then, you water, spread, water the crops, and you spread the fertilizer, etc., to take care of that, and you harvest a lot of crops. The last process is the most important. The last process is you have to eat that vegetable. Some people store that in some storage and it got rotten after some time. Or we need to sell those crops to make money. The last stage, the goal of our mind practice is to use our mind well in our daily life. We practice for our life, not the other way. People say the people who are very rich, who have a lot of money, but do not use their money well. We don't call that wise person. Likewise, our practice, mind practice, should bear fruit in our real life. That is the direction of our mind practice, particularly that aspect is emphasized in one Buddhism. So mind practice is purifying our mind, spiritual cultivation, cultivation of spirit, and the study part, cultivation of wisdom, and mindful choice in action. We usually call this Threefold practice, threefold training. Different tradition or religion name that in a very diverse way. But our third head Dharma Master, Venerable Tezan, talked. Practicing threefold practice is one and the only way to attain Buddhahood, to reach the freedom of mind. This, even though different tradition expressed that in a different way, the essential path is uh, always uh, one and the same. You know, our lovely cat, uh, Hemi, he practiced uh, three-fourth practice. When it catches mouse. It waits in a very, very calm way near the mouse, very quiet. That is the meditation, spiritual cultivation. And it thinks about when to catch that, how to catch the cultivation of a wisdom. At the right moment, without any hesitation, he jumped to the mice. That's a mindful choice in action. Average person practice 
threefold practice. When they carry out the work in their house or in their workplace, but they are not doing that in a systematic way. You can play tennis by yourself, but going to the tennis school with a great curriculum and the learning, get the lesson from a great teacher, make a very big difference. So if we carry out the threefold practice according to the Dharma teaching of the Buddha, then we can have a far more abundant crops, far better destiny in our life. So our third head Dharma master said, uh, at least uh, 30 minutes uh, in a day, we needed to practice uh, meditation, whether it's a chanting meditation, sitting meditation. At least uh, 15 minutes, uh, we needed to work with the koan, or the spiritual questions, or study scripture. Depending on your choice, your life would become different in order to make a very good choice, then we needed to first observe the precepts, the moral code of a conduct, like do not steal, do not kill, do not use a harsh speech, don't be arrogant. You can see the chapter of precepts in the one Buddhist canon. They say three components of a nutrient. Carbon hydrate, protein, fat. They are three components of a nutrients. These are three essential components for our body. Three for the practice. Cultivation of a spirit, cultivation of a wisdom, and the mindful choice in action is three components, three essentials to live a very good life for the wellness for our mind and body. Whether we translate that as a three for the training, three for the study, three for the practice, it's the translation of Hulian, Hulian, the Chinese world character literally means actually training, training, just like military training or when you train dogs. When you refer to the dictionary, what Hulian or training means, I refer to the Korean dictionary. Hulian means doing something repeatedly until you get used to that. Whether it's a sword fighting or soldiers, a target practice, whatever things, learning tennis, swimming, it is doing the same thing in a repeated way, continuous way. That is the point, but it is not something new. It is what you already heard for many years, probably practiced 
for many years. But we need to continue to do that until we become used to it. We become, our mind becomes uh, far more purified and empowered and wiser. There is one dog trainer in Korea. It's a big celebrity these days because many Korean people have a pets. One day, one person asked for a counselor because his dog is very disobedient. It's raised a lot of a problem in her house. And that dog trainer asked to their lady, Oh, she first uh, talked to that dog trainer. I did my best. I used all techniques to teach it the basic command to train my dog. But it does not work. That dog trainer on the phone asked, how long did you try that effort? She replied, I did that for 10 days. That dog trainer said, if you train your dog 10 days, that means you did not train your dog. You can tell that. Only when, at least, you train your dog for one month. When I heard that, that really, really makes sense especially to our practice, to our life. So boredom is one of the obstacles when you continue to practice. It's a continuously drinking pure water. Sometimes we are ten. It's not like drinking coffee one day, the other day drinking cider or lemonade like that. But if we continue, continue to do that, we will someday harvest a very good fruit in our life. Thank you.